0: if you remember last week we introduced you to these tables if you weren't here you missed it you got to watch it because last week uh, what we did is we talked about the tithe and this is what we learned is that a heart touched by God is generous a heart touched by God is generous. That's the first piece that we really presented. Anytime, anytime someone gives their life to Christ and turns their life over to Christ, there's, there's, they're getting Jesus inside of them. And so they're naturally, they're gonna be generous. And so as you, as you think about that, I was, I was just reminded of that this week as, as I was on a, a Zoom call with uh, one of our strategic missions partners. In fact, could you bring up that picture for me, Aaron? Um, I was on a Zoom call with one of our missionaries to Slovakia. This is Bill Howell on the left. Um, uh, it's maybe not his best picture, and he'll admit that. Um, but this is, this is in Slovakia. This is a church in Yarovnica. I'll tell you more about this later on. But I was on this Zoom call with Bill this week and several others, and we are hearing about what's happening here. There is a revival right now happening in Slovakia amongst the Roma people. And some of you, you've followed our missions arm and and what we've been doing in Slovakia over the years. Some of you are new to Pathway. And and sometimes people say, well, why Slovakia? And we say, well, why not? why Haiti? Uh, why not? I mean, why Morocco? Why not? I mean, they, it really comes down to, there are people all over that are needing the gospel. And, and so God's been doing a work though amongst the Roma people. These are people who are very poor and they don't have a whole lot, but there's, there's a revival breaking out. Bill was actually there on the ground just about a month or two ago. Our other missionary, John Bean, is going to be with us in February. He'll tell us more about this as well. But this is what I want you to get. Here are these people that are the poorest of the poor, they, they have nothing, very little, very little. But yet when they're touched by the gospel, they've got to do something. You, you might recognize if you know your geography, um, the Ukraine borders right up against Slovakia. Now take the whole mess of what the Ukraine thing has happened politically and all that. Just put that aside. Just imagine your, your country suddenly is at war and you want safety. You're going you're gonna to probably, men, maybe stick around and fight. Children, wives, uh, you're going to move on. And so they, they've had, Slovakia has had an influx of people coming from Ukraine. And it's the Roma people that people are recognizing are some of the most generous people right now that are reaching out to these people that are coming in. What's your point, Scott? This is what I'm, this is what I'm saying to you. It's the Roma church right now. Right now, you see that picture of that church? They say they can, they can seat 200 people in there. And you paid for this. I'll tell you more about that later. But that church right there, 200 people in that, can fit in that church. And these people have been touched with the gospel. And that that touch from God has led to their generosity as they've been reaching out. This isn't just the human spirit. <laughs> this is the love of God inside of them says, I don't have a lot to give. But what I do, I'll give you. You need a place to stay, a place to live, a place to That's a generous heart. And so here's what I'm talking about. A heart touched by God is generous in all ways. And then last week we talked about specifically how it's generous in one way. A heart touched by God is generous and starts with the tithe to fuel his church. And starts with the tithe. That's where these tables came in, because here, here's the deal. You see, you see all of these uh, butternut squash. I, I I didn't think these were called butternut squashes. I was so glad Jeremiah told me that when he handed these to me. But the butternut squash. You see all these butternut squashes. We brought all these in. There's nine of them here on the table because that's ours. And here's one butternut squash that we bring, what, as a tithe to the Lord. And that's, if you missed the illustration, you got to watch that message, because these are all 999s, and this is all one. God just says, bring the tithe, bring the 10%, and he takes that, and he uses it to to take care of the needs of the local church. And so um, you can go back and you can watch that message last week. Today I want to take another step further, and I, I want to talk to you about a heart that's touched by God is generous, but not just generous to the tithe, but generous to confronting what we're going to call the spirit of mammon in your life. Now, even before we get there, let me ask you a question. Just bottom line it here for you. Does God need your money? Does God need your tithe? Does God need your offerings? Does God need all that stuff? Well, let's let him answer this. Check this out. I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. I have no need of a bull from your stall or goats from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on the thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. Hmm. So as you think about that, then why the tithe? Why does God say bring the tithe and give offerings over and above the tithe? Why does he say that? Why is that the command to us? Well, it's because God wants something more than your money. He wants your heart. You hear me? He wants your heart. He wants all of you. He already has all he needs. What he really wants and what he needs is every part of you. This is what we talk about. Seek first the kingdom of God. He wants every part of you to seek him first, to put him first. And that includes all of your stuff, your money, your finances. That's what we're talking about. I said this last week, and I want to say it again. I believe if you get a hold of last week and the next few weeks of messages, if you really let the Holy Spirit convict you, speak to your heart, and we line ourselves up with the Word of God, what what we're teaching on this week and over the next few weeks, it will change your marriage. It could bring healing to your marriage. It could bring healing to your family. If we give God everything, because I'm, I'm telling you, if God gets your finances, if God gets my finances and my stuff, and if I really learn how to just say, okay, God, it's all yours, that's typically the last thing. <laughs> I mean, that's the last bastion. Oh yeah, you can have my kids, or oh yeah, you can have this, or you can have that, or you can have all this. But God, when, God, when, when you look at the QuickBooks on my lap, don't look, but if you were to look at the QuickBooks on my laptop, and you'd see how Scott and Megan Miller spend their money and where, they, where their heart is. well, let's just talk about that. You'll, 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 see, you'll see whether or not God really has Scott and Megan Miller's heart. Matthew chapter six, let's, let's just read this. Excuse me, uh, yeah, Matthew chapter six, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. He doesn't just say it's difficult to serve God and money. No, he says you can't. You just can't do it. In fact, let's go to the King James, uh, New King James version of that last verse, twenty-four. No one can serve two masters; he either will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and spice the other. You cannot serve both God and Mammon. <clears throat> now, Mammon, I understand is like an Aramaic term. It's, uh, you know, any time a, a preacher uses the the original Greek or Hebrew or whatever, it just always seems to make uh, add some emphasis. And so, I, but I'm just telling you, I'm I'm not trying to like make. Uh, make something that it's not, but you, you hear the word mammon, it's like mammon, you know, it's like unga bunga, me man, me man, mammon. I, every time I, I read that, so honestly, I've never preached and used the word mammon before, but I just felt like today in this message, we need to confront this, because it is a spirit, it's more than just money, it's, it's the desire, I want to be rich, I mean, I, I remember in the late 80s, I think it was 89, someone in there, there's an R&B group, says, I want money. Lots and lots of money. Do you remember that song? And don't be asking me why I want to be rich. You heathens. I can't believe you know that song. I thought you guys loved Jesus. Sitting on the front row and everything. No, the the truth of the matter is, yeah, well, anyhow, okay, so, so, yeah, there's, there's these, and that's really the spirit of mammon. I mean, it really is, that, that, that spirit of money that, my whole life is built on making more and more and more money, having more and more and more stuff. Is that what drives you? Now, I just want to say something right here, right now. I believe that God led me to, to spend time on this message because this is something that we all need to hear. Even this guy, and those of you watching at home, we need to hear this. Pathway Church, can I just encourage you? Take seriously the word from God that we're, I'm getting ready to share today about the spirit of mammon. It, it, it's that the spirit of mammon tries to replace God with money and stuff, and the pursuit of money and stuff. And we know from Scripture that it's not about storing up treasures here on earth. That's not what God has for us. It's not about getting more and more money. It's about putting God first and storing up treasure in heaven. And reminder, again, Jesus doesn't say this is going to be difficult. He says it's not even possible. So I'm just going to toss this out to you. There's some of you today that literally we need to repent and ask God to forgive us, that our drive in life is all about more money, more stuff, having all something more than what I have now for sure. And he, he wants us to repent and ask forgiveness for that. And then he wants to rebuild us with a godly view of money, a godly view of stuff. Will you let him today? Will you let the Holy Spirit convict you and speak to you today? Now... Before I forget, a book that's meant the world to me in helping to understand uh, um, putting, putting God first in my finances is this. It's called The, the Blessed Life. And we, we ran out of them last week. We only had 20 of them. I thought that would be enough. Apparently not. But we have, uh, I think, about 30 of them now. <laughs> So they're at the Welcome Center. I'd like every family to get your hands on one of these. If you've never read it, it's a powerful book. Every family, get one of these and just start thumbing through it, read through it. I'm telling you, you're gonna be encouraged and you're gonna be challenged by the stories of faith and the teaching that he has from the word, Pastor Robert Morris. But beyond that though, I I want us to take some time to just think through the spirit of mammon. Can you say that out loud with me? Spirit of mammon. One more time, spirit of mammon. At the heart of it is this attitude that says, man doesn't need God, I can do it on my own. This is what the spirit of mammon tries to tell us. Jesus says, you can't serve both God and mammon, and the truth of the matter is, mammon wants to rule you. The spirit of mammon is looking for worshipers, in a sense. It will promise you everything, but deliver nothing. And as Jesus clearly suggests... Mammon tries to take the very place of God. Again, what are you talking about when you say the spirit of mammon? This sounds kind of weird. Well, let me just say, it's that pursuit of rich, that pursuit of more money, the pursuit of more stuff, and that's what drives you. Now, let me just hit a timeout here. I'm not anti-American dream. Some some churches are, and, and that's where they're, I'm not at all. In fact, I think actually, I think we're doing a disservice and I think someday we may have to answer to God if we live in one of the most blessed countries in the whole world and we, we, we have been given the opportunity to attain wealth and to raise wealth and to have wealth and if all we do is use it on ourselves, that is what the issue is. That's the spirit of mammon. You see, you've got to change the way, I've got to change the way, you've got to change the way that we see money and, and finances and God gives you that, yes, to take care of your family, yes, to keep your kids in clothes and, and, and food on the table, yes, to take care of your needs, but he gives you wealth so that you can invest it in his kingdom and that you can invest in seeing people go around the world and take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And that's been my, uh, my desire for 22 years here as pastor is use, there are so many entrepreneurs sitting in these seats right now. In fact, there's some young entrepreneurs that have you have yet to really understand the entrepreneur spirit that God's given you. But you mark my word. You can, you can use your entrepreneur spirit to give all the houses you want and all the toys you want and all the stuff you want, but it will never come close to the gratitude and to the joy that will fill your soul. <laughs> When you begin to catch the vision of using that ability to create wealth for the kingdom of God, and you invest it in the kingdom, you invest it in godly resources, in godly stuff. We'll talk more about that even over the next few weeks. But the opposite of what I'm talking about is that spirit of mammon pastor jimmy evans this might be in your notes i don't know there's notes in your seat somewhere i think i should have said that already but mammon promises us those things that only god can give security significance identity independence power and freedom mammon tells us that it can insulate us from life's problems and that money is the answer to every situation have you ever been tempted to think this When you think about it, mammon is nothing more than the spirit of the world that opposes the spirit of God in every way. That's all. (laughs) The spirit of mammon just completely goes against God's way and God's um, teachings. For example, you think um, mammon says buy and sell. God says sow and reap. Mammon says to cheat and steal. God says to give and receive. But more than anything... Mammon, the spirit of mammon wants to rule you. And mammon makes you think, if I don't get this, then I'll be, if, if I don't get this, I'll never be happy. Or you'll get what you've been wanting for a long time, which there's nothing wrong with working hard. Let me just share it in, in, uh, for instance. <clears throat> um, if I, I, I came to the conclusion that this guy needed a riding lawnmower oh yes, oh yes Um, we have a lot of land, at least 0.27 acres and and I just was convinced and I had a friend now, I don't want to throw my friend under under the the bus so I'm not going to say his name I will say he was on staff for us for a long time and his name rhymes with Jason Schnooks. Now, I'm not going to say his name. If you've been around Pathway, maybe you might know who this friend is. He's um, out of town today, so he's not with us. But Jason Schnucks was a John Deere guy. And I've been f- close friends with Jason for a long time. And um, and and he, John Deere, and so if I'm getting a riding lawnmower, he talked me into it. I was like, gee. Jason has one, and so and so I needed John Deere, so I went to Lowe's. Of course, that's where you get a John Deere, right? And so um, I went to Lowe's and I got the John Deere, and man, for about a year I'm using it, and it's you know works great. You know goes takes a, uh, get that lawn knocked out in no time flat, and and then about a year or two later, I don't remember when it was, but he's like Scott, I don't know if he was looking or bought one or what it was, but he's like zero turn is where it's at. And I was like, zero turn, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, you just go like this. It could turn on a dime and just, you go this, and he's like doing the motions and everything. And I'm like, what are you, you're the one that talked to me. And so all of a sudden, do you know what was in my heart? I mean, all of a sudden it rose up inside of me. It's like, I need a zero turn now, yeah? The one, the John Deere tractor that, you know, you just turn the key back one thing, you got the headlights turned on and everything. I mean, everything I wanted in a drive. No longer was that good enough, no. I still have it and it works great. But that's what I'm getting. Is that not true though? I mean, even when you get what you really wanted, it's like, oh, but if I could just get the newer model, or or I'd love to get that. You know what that is? That discontent spirit? It's the same same thing I'm talking about, the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon. That's what's there. You can't serve both God and money. So, for anyone in this room to think it doesn't affect you, oh, it does. It affects all of us. And I think it's no coincidence that you go into in the book of Revelation, how does the Antichrist control people? It's through their mammon, it's their riches, it's their, because you won't be able to buy or sell or trade. Without what? Without the mark of the beast. There's something powerful about this. And so God's spirit and the spirit of mammon, they're opposites. The spirit of mammon is the opposite of the spirit of God. Mammon says take. God says give. Mammon is selfish. God is generous. Do you see this? Most importantly, do you see it in your life? Is there anywhere in your life right now that you're like, I, I, need, I need to repent. I need to ask the Lord to forgive me sometimes mammon says if you just had more money you could really start helping people that's not not what the bible says bible says start helping people (laughs) and and just watch as god if he sees that you're someone who he can trust with rich then watch as the lord supplies so that you can turn around and be a blessing more listen your answer is not money your answer is god And if God uses money to provide for your need, then so be it. But your answer is not money, it's not more stuff, it's God. Where else do we see the spirit of mammon? I'm glad you asked. Shows up in many other ways. It's always uh, through a continual lust for more money. It could be we envy other people's wealth. Or we're anxious over unmet needs in our life. We disobey God's directives about the way we use our wealth. We fail to trust God's love and his faithfulness, and our thinking is out of balance. Listen, I, I, I understand, especially some of you who are at that age where you're getting close to retirement, and when the economy goes south and you lose all that money in your retirement and you're, just, you're angry and you're mad, I understand it. There's some things we can do as American citizens. We can try to vote people out and and help them to make wise decisions, vote people in and out and all this stuff. But ultimately, even beyond voting, we have to trust in the Lord. My trust cannot be in the person who signs my check. My trust cannot be in a check or cannot be in my retirement. Ultimately, and there's wisdom in in storing. We'll talk about that in in, in a week or two. There's wisdom in savings. There's wisdom in that. But ultimately my trust is not in how much money is in a 401k or 403b an ira or whatever it may be my trust has got to be in the lord and some of you god wants to break the neck of the spirit of mammon in your life today and he wants to convict you and he wants you to repent and he wants you to move on and 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 follow the lord in the area of the finances of your life um Think, think about this. Is, is this. is this really a big deal? Absolutely it is. Let me tell you why. Look at First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 6 says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and in many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. You just stop right there. I mean, I think that's enough right there just to say, okay, God, you have my attention. I don't want to be plunged into ruin and destruction. But then he goes on. He says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Just pointing it out. It's the love of money. Oh, you can take money and use it for a righteous cause. You can redeem finances and stuff. You can redeem it. Or you can love it. That's the spirit of mammon is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Oh, Scott, come on. Why are you talking about money again? you talked talking about money last week. Why are you talking about money? I'll tell you why. It's because the pursuit of finances, the pursuit of riches and money, it has caused some people to lose and walk away from Jesus. Is it important that we talk to our kids about this stuff? Absolutely. Is it important that we're setting the tone for our kids? That they see us doing the basics of bringing the tithe? Yes. Um, Stewarding well uh, the 90% that's left over? Yes. It's absolutely important. Because I want my kids to follow Jesus above all things. Let me toss something else out to you. Once again, money can be used for either unrighteous or righteous purposes, purposes. It can be used for temporal, temporary, or eternal purposes. And I think that's what our text is even talking about. If you think about storing up treasures in heaven, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, if you look at this again, storing up treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy, and a thieves can't break into steel, store up yourselves treasures in heaven. What are treasures in heaven? Now, I, I didn't do a huge study on the Greek in the, in the, the original language, and all that, but I, I can just tell you this. It does look like there's some kind of a reward system in heaven. And it's not so much of how good of a person you was. You was? How good of a person was you? was you or was you not no it's not about how 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 great of a person you was or were it's about what did you do with what god gave you scott god gave you talents and gifts and abilities did you use them for my kingdom to the best of your ability i mean you're you're in heaven you're you're with god you're saved this doesn't have it's called the judgment seat of christ The judgment seat of Christ, every one of us that are born again, we're going to be judged. It's not going to be a judgment of whether we go to hell or heaven because we're already in heaven. But God's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? It's called the judgment seat of Christ. It's going to be there. So there's some kind of reward system that I can't quite figure out. Some people speculate what it looks like. But can I just ask you this? In fact, if we go to the parallel passage of the Gospel of Luke, we don't have to turn there, but if you read that sometime, the parallel passage in the Gospel of Luke, it even helps to drive this home a little further. What is, some, what is the one treasure that you and I can take with us to heaven? Souls. People. You can't take anything else with you to heaven but the greatest treasure of all is souls. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. So can I just encourage you? I just wanna encourage you, just begin to think this way. God, how can I use the bulk of my stuff and even things I give, the offerings I give and the things I support? How can I use the bulk of my finances to support things that are gonna cause people to be in heaven with me one day? You get what I'm saying? I'm not saying that there's not other things out there that, that it'd be good to support, whatever, but I would just encourage you, let the lion share of finances and things that you invest. Invest in things that are gonna long-term lead to people going to heaven. People, yes, being clothed, yes, being fed, yes, being taught, yes, all those things. But ultimately. People hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, how he came, he lived, he died, he rose again. Invest your finances in this, that where treasure, where moth and rust will not destroy. I want my money to be used in this way. Let me, let me just, um, just kind of sum this up. When you think about the spirit of mammon, Josh, could you come? Josh, nice. I know there's a lot of Josh's here. Let me clarify. Josh is going to come. And I, I want to just show an illustration, and I, I'm sure this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but mammon is kind of like saran wrap Let me just talk to you about this um, Mammon is kind of like saran wrap So the spirit of mammon, it's, it's there It's there, right there Okay, so I'm just gonna And, and you've, you've got this mammon Just wraps you up Thank you, Josh, you're doing a great job You have a real gift Whoa, a little too excited A little too excited there About wrapping me up Wait a minute Are you taking out some aggression on me? Okay, thank you, Josh. All right, that's good. You want to tear that off? Okay. So, so here's what mammon does. You see, what, what we do is this. We're like, God, man, I've just I, I got to have this. Mammon says, you've got to have this, you've got to have that, you've got to have this. And then what happens is you get so bound up by the spirit of mammon that when you think, even think about it, I can't afford to tithe. I mean, I'd love to, to bring an onion to the Lord. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I would love a uh, Pringle a fuzzy pillow? I would love to bring a fuzzy pillow to the Lord. I mean, because he'll let me keep all nine of the other fuzzy pillows. But I would love. But, man, I, can't, I can barely even scratch my back. I mean, I just say, I can't even reach my wallet. I'm just all bound up in the spirit of mammon. A, a missionary comes through and says, man, we're taking the gospel here and there. It's places people never even heard the name of Jesus. And, oh, man, that'd be great. Spirit of mammon says, ah, you can't afford that. <laughs> Why can't I afford that? Because I'm all bound up with the spirit of mammon. You see, this is what spirit of mammon is like. It just binds you all up. You need a, a cleanse here. You just you need the, the Holy Spirit to cleanse you up. Get rid of this mammon. You're all bound up. So how do I do that? Scott, okay, I don't want to be bound up by the spirit of mammon. I don't want to be selfish with my stuff, with my finances. How can I break through this? How can I, I'm thinking power team here. I'm about ready to break through this. How can I break through this and how can I give like I've never given and be generous with others? How can I do this? Well, let me tell you, if you're like, I want to break through the spirit of mammon and I want to be generous, let me just give you one quick action point. And if you just pray through this one action point, I'm telling you, you're gonna be, you're gonna be headed in the right direction. Here it is, ready? Is when you begin to understand everything you have is God's. Well, Amen, man, pastor, I bring that 10% and I give this to God, he has my 10%. Now, when you begin to understand that everything you have is God's, then all of a sudden you start having a breakthrough. And is that, yeah, there we go. And you, you kick ma'am into the, you kick mam into the curb. There we go. And you, you begin to say, you see, this, this is what, what I, I told you last week, that when I was a kid, I remember even asking my parents. It was just ingrained in us, the tithe. Some of you, you didn't have that blessing. I did. And I remember even getting Christmas money. It's like, okay, Dad, I got $50 for Christmas. How much should I tithe on? Now, do we have to tithe on our gifts at Christmas? That's a whole other discussion. But here's the deal. I wanted to. I didn't have to. I wanted to. I knew that. And, and so the tithe, I've, I've never struggled with this personally myself. But what I didn't realize is how spiritual the 90% left over was. And I was very, very particular about the tithe. But I didn't realize how, how spiritual it was how I handled the rest of my money too. Why? Because ultimately it's all God's. And when you and I begin to live in such a way that that everything I have is God's. I had to learn this. And it was interesting early on because I married a saver and I'm a spender. I mean, that that caused some fireworks to happen. Woo wee Hercules, Hercules. I mean, it was, it was, it was something. It was something. And, and so, and so Megan's like wanting to say, I didn't quite understand what a saver she was and she didn't understand what a spender I was. And, Ultimately, though, what I had to learn was this, saving, spending aside, everything I have is God's. And at any minute, if God says, Scott, you see that fuzzy pillow? Aaron Roth, come here, will you? Come here, come here, Aaron. Come here, right here, stand right here beside me, will you? All right, okay. If God says, Scott, give a fuzzy pillow to Aaron, then I should be willing to say, okay, I'll give a fuzzy pillow to Aaron. Aaron said last week, the one thing all of us were, were wanting to say. If you, if you might remember, we gave the Lord a tithe of one whoopie pie, and there were nine whoopie pies left. And all of us last week were thinking, what's gonna happen to those whoopie pies? <laughs> There's only one person that came up and had the guts to ask the question. Uh, Pastor Scott, could I have one of those whoopie pies? or two. <laughs> the, 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 the Could I have a whoopie pie was, was one thing. But when he said, or two, that just pushed me over the edge. And then he said, what about the fuzzy pillows? And so I was like, all right, today I'm going to bless you. But Aaron, I'm going to give you this fuzzy pillow and you can take that home. But let me tell you why I'm giving it to you. Because I want you to remember the rest of your life is that 10% of everything you get goes to the Lord. And Even over and above that, everything else you have belongs to God. It's all God's, and if we want to break through that spirit of mammon, if we want to make it so that our heart doesn't beat just for more stuff and more money, then we have to learn that everything I have is God's. And we're going to talk about this more next week. But we got to get that. Give Aaron a hand. Good stuff. Have a seat. Would you guys come up here? Come on up here. Now, just to to conclude our service today, I just want to ask a couple of questions to our, uh, uh, our, one of our elders and, and uh, deacons, and I promise this isn't gonna be long, well, as long as Andy wants to talk and, and Megan, but um, I, I wanted to, I'm gonna put this down here so you can see us all <laughs> even more beautiful. Um, but I, I, want you, I want you to, thank you, Matt. I, I, want, I wanted these guys, because do you remember when you first came to Pathway, what year was that? It was right after you got married, wasn't it? 2009. 2009? Okay, I thought it was longer than that. We just love you guys so much. It just felt like you've been here for longer. Well, so, so 2009, and one thing we, we saw right away, I saw specifically was even a heart for missions. But even as you think about the tithe, um, when we think about tithing and think about giving over and above the tithe, what was it that grasped your attention? What was it that made you think, okay, this tithing, there's something to it. I need to, I need to respond to this. What, what was it? Tell me.
1: Well, um, rolling off your questions. So, like, I grew up in church my whole life, yeah. and so I knew what the tithe was and, um, and what got expected of us as Christians. I didn't have a really good model at home. Uh, tithing wasn't really talked about, and it wasn't consistent if it was done. Yeah. So uh, it's always really good to have those good examples in your life. Um, but, yeah, uh, so I never tithe. Uh, but when we got married uh, from day one, we started tithing. So I wanted my marriage and my family to be all in on what God commanded us to do with our finances to be faithful to what he's given us. Good stuff.
2: For right. me, um, I don't know, like he, he's the spender, I'm the saver. And okay. I, <laughs> yeah, <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't grow up in a house where we wanted for much, but I also yeah. knew that when we got married, he was still in school and um, we're both teachers, but a week before school year started, I still didn't have a job. And um, yeah, I just knew that once we finally were gonna have some income, like we were gonna have to trust God with that because we're gonna need him to multiply (laughs) to make it through (laughs) as teachers.
0: Yeah. Well, teachers are known for being millionaires, so yeah, I could see that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Just joking. Um, Yeah, so was there ever a time where you went through a season because I think everyone in the room has different, different, um, different backgrounds when it comes to giving and tithing. Was there ever a time where you're like, okay, this is really hard. Um, this is a, this is a season where it's a challenge to tithe because I think of everything else we could spend that money on. Did you have you ever walked through that or not necessarily?
1: Um,
0: yeah, I mean, there's been
1: times where you know, like she said, we weren't earning a lot, hardly anything. Um, yeah. Below the poverty line, you know that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that there were times where there was thoughts of what we could do if we weren't tithing entered my mind, you know, what we could do with that money. Yeah. Um, you know, the enemy was trying to get me to not tithe and, or sometimes even regret tithing when I was. So, you know, God helped show me his faithfulness uh, and provide everything that we needed. You know, God reminded me many times in Luke 16 10 that says that whoever can be trusted with very little, which we had very mm-hmm. little, uh, can be trusted with with much, and whoever's yeah. dishonest with very little co- will also be dishonest with much.
0: Yeah, that's a good word. You got any thoughts on that?
2: I don't know, for me, I I never really struggled as much. I was much happier to just say, why don't we cut the cable? And that was the hardest
0: struggle Well, let's move on, shall we? There are things that we can cut, but not that. What encouragement would you provide? Someone sitting out here is like, yeah, because it's one thing for the pastor to say it, you know, and it, the word of God says it, so that's, we ought to do it. But at the same thing, to actually do it, I realize it's a huge step of faith for someone to say, okay, now we're going to trust God to live on the 90% and we're going to bring him the 10%. Um, what would you say to someone sitting out here like, man, from your perspective, bring in the 10%, the tithe, um, someone who's struggling with this, what would you say to them?
2: I was just sitting over there and was thinking, um, you know, I'm, we're kind of getting into something else where for the first time, we'll have some self-employed income.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I've been warned, you know, set aside like 30% for taxes, I mean mm. 30, 40%. Yeah. And I just think it's really interesting that so often we don't really question if we should pay our taxes or not.
0: Ooh, and that's, that's
2: required. And a lot of us will do it because we don't want the consequences of that. So how much more could we be willing to give up the 10% for the gains
0: that we could have with that. That's
1: good, that's good. You gonna say something? Yeah, um, you know, just some encouragement. I just said everything should start with prayer. You know, when, when if you're struggling on tithing or you haven't done it, it should always start with prayer. You know, God's never gonna ask you to do anything that he won't come alongside you and help you. Uh, he knows the struggle that you're facing and the fear that you may have, so ask him to help you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I also had to come to that realization that everything I have is God's and I'm just being a good steward of what he's given me. Yeah. Um, it also comes down to trust. You know, every, every time yeah, I tithe, true. I'm trusting that God is going to continue to provide. Yeah. You know, Malachi yeah. 310 that you referenced last week. Yeah. God says that we can test him and bring in the tithe. Besides prayer, some other practical things I would encourage folks with would be tithe right away when you get your paycheck, like you also mentioned last week. First thing. First thing. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always done that online, so it's done right away. Uh, You don't want to give Satan a foothold in anything and that includes your finances. He will always give you lies on why you shouldn't tithe. Mm. Tithing right away for me has helped me stop those lies from even happening because it's done right away. And also it stops me from forgetting to tithe (laughs) because I do forget some things. Um, Another practical thing is to make a budget. Um, you might be surprised at where your money is going and how easy it is to tithe when you have a budget. That's good. But don't wait to get your budget created before you tithe. Start where you are. Remember, if you give God the first tenth of your finances and the remaining, and the remaining 90% will be blessed. I'd rather have 90%
0: as blessed than 100% that isn't. That's good. Boy, why did I even preach today? It was like, <laughs> I sort said, Andy will be talking today and Megan will be joining in. You know, there's there's so much more I could I could ask because I know not only do um, uh, do you, have you bought a tithe. The thing that that got me is your heart to, for missions too, and to give over and above offerings to to send missionaries around the world and here in the local church and whatever. And time's getting away from us. So if if you just had like 30 seconds to a minute, what was it that made you think about even over and above my tithe? I'm gonna invest in the kingdom of God, going around the world.
2: Um, I didn't become a Christian until I was in college, and I specifically remember that there was um, a sermon on money there. It might have been even at the end, but like before you go off and you're actually making money and that kind of thing. But um, they told the story of a guy who his goal wasn't to give um, 10% and live off the 90. It was to give 90% and live off the 10. And that always Ooh. like was so radical to me, but I thought, you know, how cool if you could not see how close to the minimum you could get, but how close yeah. to the maximum.
0: Yeah, and that that came out in a, in a hard to get skin. Yeah, I I need?
1: just said you know we started right away in our marriage on giving uh, to missions. You know our challenge wasn't again we weren't making much money, but we had but we gave to missions and we able to increase our faith promise each year, and God each year continued to increase our our finances and bless our finances. Um, there's never been a year where we. Uh, where we increase our faith, promise that God didn't increase our finances. You know, we don't give wow. to get, so we don't. So I don't. I tried not to have that mindset. Yeah. Um. You know, giving is not the Christian's way of trying to win the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God doesn't need our money. He wants to see if we are obedient and if we will trust Him with our finances. So remember, God doesn't promise that He will, that we will be rich in our finances, but that our finances will be blessed through the, our tithes and offering.
0: It's good. It's good. Amen. Well, Andy and Megan, I appreciate your story, and I I want us to. To have uh, a, a, a closing prayer here, um, but I want you to just begin to think with me, church. Just begin to think. Um, what what role does giving have in your life right now? Particularly uh, as worship to the Lord of your tithe, and but even as as we talk today about the bigger idea about everything is the Lord's, everything. The ten percent. I can't even give that. I bring that. That's not even mine to give. It's, it's like the tithe is, is, is like if, if you had a car and I went out there and said, hey, that's a nice car, I'm going to give it to someone else. <laughs> that's not my car to give. That 10% tithe, that's not my tithe to give. That's my tithe just to bring back and worship the Lord with. And then the 90% left over, that's still holy. That's still God's. God, what do you want me to do with it? How do you want me to handle this? We're going we're gonna to offer a, a, a group called Financial Peace University. If you've never been through that, I know these guys have. I have several times. Even if you've done it once before, it's not a bad idea to go through it again. It's, gonna, it's a small group. It's going to happen in January. And so you'll hear more information about that over the next couple of weeks. But I encourage you, when it ta- comes to setting up a budget and some of the things they mentioned, That sign up. Get, be a part of that class. But the biggest thing I want you to pray and think about today is, is where is my heart? Does God have my everything? Have, have I put my trust in him even with my stuff even with my money even with my finances have, have I given that or am, am I is that pursuit of money pursuit of mammon that spirit of mammon does that have any place in my life and can we ask the Lord to help us with that and can we repent and let the Lord heal us of that